Hi, everyone. This is Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets. Before we get started with this episode of the podcast, I just want to tell you about a new project I'm developing called MedPrep to Go. The idea here is to create a free online and audio USMLE question bank for both Step 1 and Step 2, with the overall goal of reducing the cost of medical education and giving you time back in your day, just like we're doing with this podcast. It's still early in the process, and we're adding a lot of questions and new episodes of the podcast regularly, but I'd love to have you go check it out at medpreptogo.com. And if you're interested in getting involved in developing questions for this question bank and getting some mentoring directly from me on how to develop questions, I'd love to have you involved. You can email me at ted.medpreptogo at gmail.com or you can go over to medpreptogo.com and sign up through the website. So thanks so much for uh, listening and enjoy the podcast. I'm Ted O'Connell, author of USMLE Step 2 Secrets and Chief Content Officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Step 2 Secrets podcast, where we provide you the high-yield content from Step 2 Secrets in audio format, as well as question breakdowns, so you can study on the go and get back to reclaiming some of your life. Hello, everyone. It's another good day to be listening to podcasts, and this is the Step 2 Secrets podcast. I am Patrick Beeman, who hosts the Inside the Boards podcast, which you should totally check out because there's more high-yield learning within those shows. Today, I've got a question from Elsevier's Clinical Key to kick off this chapter of Step 2 Secrets. A 56-year-old female is seen by her physician to evaluate the cause of her recent onset diabetes. She has a strong family history of liver disease, including deaths from liver failure and hepatocellular carcinoma. On physical examination, she's noted to have bronzing of her skin. And the question here is, Iron studies would most likely show which of the following? A, increased iron and total iron binding capacity with an increased ferritin. Choice B, decreased iron. Choice C, increased total iron binding capacity and increased ferritin. Everything's increased in that one. Or choice D, increased iron with a normal total iron binding capacity and normal transferrin saturation. That can be a little difficult to listen to in audio as far as those answer choices go, but just to repeat this, A was a decreased iron and total iron binding capacity with an increased ferritin. B was a decreased iron and decreased ferritin with an elevated total iron binding capacity. Choice C, they were all increased. Increased iron, increased total iron binding capacity, and increased ferritin. And choice D was an increased iron with a normal total iron binding capacity and normal transferrin saturation. And the answer choice here is C, everything's increased. Increased iron, increased total iron binding capacity, and increased ferritin. So this patient most likely has hemochromatosis, a disease in which increased iron typically accumulates in the liver, pancreas, and joints, as well as other organs. Hemochromatosis may be primarily related to homozygous recessive inheritance, or it can be caused secondarily to increased administration of iron. 
For primary hemochromatosis, treatment is mainly phlebotomy. Diagnosis is via serum iron studies, though the gold standard is a liver biopsy showing increased iron content. So basically, hemochromatosis, increased iron deposition leading to the classic triad of hepatomegaly, skin pigmentation, and diabetes, which is why it's sometimes referred to as bronze diabetes. All right, that's a quick hit for you before we get into this chapter of Step 2 Secrets. This is Ted O'Connell, and this is the genetics chapter of USMLE Step 2 Secrets, 5th edition. Question 1. Specify how the following disorders are usually transmitted genetically. The choices are autosomal dominant or recessive, X-linked recessive, chromosomal disorder, or polygenic disorder. Von Willebrand disease, autosomal dominant. Neurofibromatosis, autosomal dominant. Men 1 and 2 syndrome, autosomal dominant. Achondroplasia, autosomal dominant. Sphingolipidosis, such as Tay-Sachs disease and Gaucher disease, autosomal recessive. Fabry disease, X-linked recessive. Mucopolysaccharidoses, such as Hurler disease, autosomal recessive. Hunter disease, X-linked recessive. Glycogen storage diseases, such as McArdle disease, autosomal recessive. Cystic fibrosis, autosomal recessive. Marfan syndrome, autosomal dominant. Huntington disease, autosomal dominant. Pyloric stenosis, that's a polygenic disorder. Cleft lip and palate, polygenic disorder. Type 2 diabetes, polygenic disorder. Down syndrome, it's a chromosomal disorder. It's trisomy 21. Familial hypercholesterolemia, autosomal dominant. Galactosemia, autosomal recessive. Amino acid disorders, such as phenylketonuria, autosomal recessive. Edward syndrome, it's a chromosomal disorder, trisomy 18. Sickle cell disease, autosomal recessive. Hemophilia, X-linked recessive. Glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency, X-linked recessive. Patau syndrome is a chromosomal disorder, trisomy 13. Lesch-Nyhan syndrome is an X-linked recessive. Obesity is a polygenic disorder. Neural tube defects is a polygenic disorder. Turner syndrome is a chromosomal disorder, XO. Schizophrenia is a polygenic disorder. Duchenne muscular dystrophy, X-linked recessive. Wiscott-Aldrich syndrome, X-linked recessive. Bruton A-gamma-globulinemia, X-linked recessive. Fragile X syndrome, X-linked recessive. Children's polycystic kidney disease, autosomal recessive. Wilson disease, autosomal recessive. Bipolar disorder is a polygenic disorder. Ischemic heart disease is polygenic disorder. Alcoholism, polygenic disorder. Hemochromatosis, autosomal recessive. Congenital adrenal hyperplasia, for example, 21-hydroxylase deficiency is autosomal recessive. 
familial adenomatous polyposis, autosomal dominant, adult polycystic kidney disease, autosomal dominant, hereditary spherocytosis, autosomal dominant, tuberous sclerosis, autosomal dominant, myotonic dystrophy, autosomal dominant. Question 2. What is the likelihood that a mother with an autosomal dominant condition will pass the condition to the child if the father does not have the disease? 50%. The father is not a carrier because autosomal dominant diseases express themselves in carriers, and it is reasonable to assume that the mother has one copy of the disease gene and one normal gene, unless told otherwise. It is exceedingly rare to find two diseased genes. Question 3. Genetic testing reveals that both mother and father are carriers of a diseased gene for an autosomal recessive condition, but do not have the condition themselves. What are the odds that their first child will develop the condition or be an asymptomatic carrier? The child has a 25% risk of developing the condition, a 50% risk of being an asymptomatic carrier, and a 25% chance of not inheriting the disease gene at all. Question 4. The father has an X-linked recessive disorder. What are the chances that he will pass the disease to his son or daughter if the mother does not have the disease gene? There is no chance that he will pass the condition to his son. He will give his son a Y chromosome. On the other hand, there is a 100% chance he will pass the disease gene to his daughter, but because it is X-linked recessive, she has no chance of developing the condition. She will get a diseased X chromosome from the father and a healthy X chromosome from the mother. Question 5. The mother is a carrier for an X-linked recessive disorder, and the father is healthy. What are the odds that a son or daughter will develop the disease? There is a 50% chance for a son and no chance for a daughter to develop the disease. However, there is a 50% chance that the daughter will become a carrier. Question 6. How do you recognize Down syndrome? Down syndrome, or trisomy 21, is the most common known cause of intellectual disability in the United States. The biggest risk factor is maternal age. One in 15 offspring of a 16-year-old mother and one in 25 offspring of 45-year-old mothers are affected. At birth, look for hypotonia, a single transverse palmar crease, and characteristic facies. Congenital cardiac defects, especially ventricular septal defects, are common, and affected persons have an increased risk for leukemia, duodenal atresia, and early Alzheimer's disease. Question 7. What is the most common known cause of inherited intellectual disability? Fragile X syndrome, which is X-linked recessive. Affected males often have an elongated face, large ears, and large testicles. Question 8. How do you recognize Edward syndrome? Edward syndrome, or trisomy 18, affects females more than males. Characteristics include intellectual disability, small size for age, a small head with hypoplastic mandible and low-set ears, and clenched fist with the index finger overlapping the third and fourth fingers. This is almost pathognomonic. Question 9. What is Patau syndrome? Patau syndrome, or trisomy 13, presents with intellectual disability, apnea, 
deafness, holoprosencephaly, which is fusion of the cerebral hemispheres, myelomeningocele, cardiovascular abnormalities, and rocker bottom feet. Question 10. How do you recognize Turner syndrome? Patients with Turner syndrome, which is females with 45XO instead of 45XX, have nuchal lymphedema at birth, short stature, webbed neck, widely spaced nipples, amenorrhea, and lack of breast development due to primary ovarian failure. Coarctation of the aorta is common, and you may see a horseshoe kidney or cystic hygroma. A buccal smear classically reveals absent bar bodies. Question 11. Describe Kleinfelter syndrome. Patients with Kleinfelter syndrome, males who are 47XXY instead of 46XY, are tall with small testes, gynecomastia, sterility, and a slightly decreased IQ on average. The classic case on the Step 2 exam is a man who presents with complaints of infertility. Question 12. What is the hallmark of Cri-Ducat syndrome? Cri-Ducat, French for cry of the cat, syndrome is due to a deletion on the short arm of chromosome 5. Look for a high-pitched cry that sounds like the cry of a cat, along with severe intellectual disability. Question 13. What presentation suggests galactosemia? Congenital cataracts and neonatal sepsis with vomiting after breastfeeding. Patients should avoid galactose and lactose-containing foods. Question 14. Describe the clinical findings in tuberous sclerosis. This autosomal dominant disorder presents with hypopigmented skin macules, seizures, intellectual disability, central nervous system hamartomas, and an increased risk for cardiac rhabdomyomas and renal tumors known as angiomyolipomas. Look for a positive family history. Question 15. What causes Lesch-Nyhan syndrome? What classic behavior do patients exhibit? This syndrome is due to a deficiency of hypoxanthine guanine phosphoribosyltransferase, HGPRT, which causes congenital hyperuricemia. Patients have intellectual disability and self-mutilating behavior. The classic example is a patient who bites his or her own fingers. Question 16. What causes Marfan syndrome? How do you recognize it? Marfan syndrome is an autosomal dominant connective tissue disorder caused by abnormal fibrillin 1 protein and associated with ocular, skeletal, and cardiovascular problems. Look for a positive family history. Patients are tall and have arachnodactyly, long, thin fingers, hyperextensible joints, mitral valve prolapse, dislocation of the lens of the eye, and a high risk for thoracic aortic dissection. That's the end of this chapter. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, my publishing company behind USMLE Step 2 Secrets, for allowing us to put out this book in audio format. Please check out the other Inside the Boards podcasts over at insidetheboards.com, including the main Inside the Boards podcast and the Inside the Boards Study Smarter series for question breakdowns and tips on getting through medical school. And with that, we wrap up today's episode of USMLE Step 2 Secrets.
Hi, this is Ted O'Connell. I just wanted to let you know real quick that when the time comes for you to begin studying for the USMLE Step 3, we actually now have a USMLE Step 3 subscription podcast. So I encourage you to check that out over at medpreptogo.com. We have sample episodes available. And even if you're studying for Step 2, you may actually find some of this content uh, really useful for your studies. So please do check it out.